Hello, this is your self-help podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive. With insights for personal branding, personal development, publishing, and interviews with young entrepreneurs. Now here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Hello, in this podcast episode, we are focusing on publishing and we want to look at how to select a profitable niche. And we have no other but an expert in the field of Derek Dubka. Derek is a blogger, entrepreneur, and number one best-selling fitness author. He started his blog, Excuse Proof Fitness, in 2012 to help inspire people to reach their body and mind's fullest potential with innovative fitness hacks. He then turned his ideas into best-selling books, which include How to Stick to a Diet and 50 Fitness Tips You Wish You Knew. After months of studying and networking with other best-selling authors to find out their secrets, he employed innovative marketing strategies to reach number one bestseller on Kindle in weight loss and healthy living. He is now passionate about taking the lessons he's learned and helping other authors publish and market their books, of which one of the reasons why we have in this podcast. And since March 2013, he has taught over a thousand people from all around the world how to successfully publish their books on Amazon Kindle's platform. He is continually inspired by his students' success and wishes to help all authors fulfill their dreams of having a best-selling book. Derek Dubkard. The very first time I got in touch with you was from your book, Candle Bestseller Secrets. Ten tricks best-selling non-fiction authors use to dominate Candle. And that was the first book I got from you and I, I really learned tons of things from that particular book on about strategies and skills and tips as to help one to succeed. I think that that was after you've learned how to succeed on the industry, then you brought out that particular book out. Yes, that's correct. Um, I had uh, my number one bestseller, then I started coaching others on Kindle publishing and really refined my knowledge and took all my best tips and strategies and, and put it into that book as really um, probably the best book I could provide for nonfiction authors in terms of how to publish on Kindle and really the book that I wish that I had when I first got into Kindle publishing. You know, it didn't hurt to kind of have that time where I was experimenting and trying things out because almost anyone can get into it and get started with it and you don't need, you know, a, a ton of money to, um, to get in there and maybe screw up a few things until you find what's going to work for you. I think that that recommend to every aspiring author right away before we even get to the end of our discussion that that is the first book one need to get if you really want to succeed in the Kindle business online too. This is a, a, a great resource you provided for us for aspiring. Even established authors can still learn a lot from that particular book. Your mistakes and your mastery as I put it so. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, I mean, to me, I think it's just a general uh, business lesson, whether it's with your books or anything else, is to always be looking at how you can serve others and uh, take your experience and uh, and help people. And that's that's a book idea for anyone that's looking for book ideas. I think almost everyone has some experience that they've had that they've gone through and some mistakes that they've made that if you can help someone avoid some of those same mistakes, uh, that's a potential uh, book for anyone. All right, now with that book idea philosophy, today we're looking at publishing and how to select a profitable niche or select a niche. Maybe as a blogger, you want to uh, come out of a book. What niche do I need to focus on as a writer? Do I need to uh, pick a particular niche or just go general blogging? So we're looking at from blogging. If I want to become a blogger, I want to start blogging. What should I blog about? What do I blog about? What are, what are your best tips for us? 
as bloggers if you want, want to go into blogging first before a book? Well, whether it's blogging or, or books, I mean, it's going to be a, a similar process in terms of selecting a niche. So there's basically two approaches people can take to choosing their niche. The one is they write about what they're passionate about, what they already know. Uh, for me, I was passionate about health and fitness. I already had the knowledge. Uh, so I didn't really have to research it too much. I was taking my own opinions and viewpoints and putting it out there. Now, that's going to be the easiest for most people who have a pre-existing expertise or passion for something. Uh, but the other approach, and it's great when you can combine the two, but the, the second approach is to simply look at what is profitable um, or look at what is popular right now. Where is the demand in the marketplace? And so uh, you don't necessarily have to be an expert. You could simply um, do something like you're doing, interview experts in the, in the market. You could get guest blog articles uh, written and posted. You could hire people to do that. So that's, that's the other option. Um, and in terms of a specific niche to write about, you know, how do you find what's popular, what people are, are looking for, looking for information on? Now, there's a lot of ways you can go about doing this, uh, and specific to Amazon, I talk about that in my book, but one thing, uh, since it's New Year's, actually, you know, it's just the New Year here in, uh, in the U.S., a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Well, if you look at the common New Year's resolutions that people make, that'll actually give you an insight into the most popular topics and things that people want to learn about. So I actually have a list pulled up here of the top 10 New Year's resolutions for 2014. I just did a Google search for this. And uh, the number one resolution is to lose weight. So obviously anything related to health, fitness, uh, losing weight, that's going to be something that's very popular. And of course, that's my thing. Uh, the second one is getting organized. So a very popular book topic, but I'm sure a blog topic would be on organization, decluttering. Uh, that's a huge thing right now. Uh, the third resolution is spend less, save more. So saving money, uh, tips on discounts and coupons and being thrifty. Uh, enjoy life to the fullest, staying fit and healthy. So I'm not going to go through all of these, but a simple suggestion if you want to get started on the research process is look for the top 10, the top 20 goals that people set for themselves, and that'll kind of give you some insight into the kind of topics that uh, people are looking for more information on. And that's just, that's one of many tips, but that's probably the easiest way for people to get started. And, and a second quick tip would be look at the most popular magazines. Uh, whatever the most popular magazines are, uh, magazines are very similar in structure to books and to blog articles. And so if it's doing well for magazines, then it'll probably do well on a blog or in a book. Wow, this is exciting and insightful right, right from the beginning. When you mentioned that for general blogging starting, you can just look at what you're passionate about and you just blog and talk or, or book up on that. And you mentioned look at ways to look for profitable or popular niches to write on. And I just, you know, you just Google the top 10 New Year resolutions people search and we could just read with that information, write books on that to especially folks who are writing on Areas that they are passionate about but not making much profit from it can also still jump into these expert ways or what people are looking for just by even Googling and also using magazines. Is it right fit for any, any blogger, any author or any publisher 
in this kind, I'm I'm blogging about something I'm passionate about. Maybe I'm passionate about maybe kangaroos or or certain kind of food. But for blogging for a year or two or three, not making profit from it, do I then need to jump into a profitable niche like you mentioned to blog or do a book on that area to get some money to support? What is your tip on on this too? Okay, well the the answer is it depends. Um, you know, I, I can't give absolute answers because everyone's going to have their own uh, goals and objectives. So just using the example you gave, kangaroos, well, I would venture a guess uh, without having done any research that that's probably not a very profitable niche. I mean, you have to consider, can are people, um, is this a huge need that people have? It sounds more like a, a, a subtle interest that people have, but where are people spending money? They're spending money to get rid, first of all, of pain. So if they have, um, you know, a, it could be the pain of not being in shape, which is maybe, you know, physical or psychological. It could be they have acne and they're embarrassed by it. So getting rid of acne, that's going to help get rid of some of their, their pain or help them make money or save money. Like these are the big things that are going to compel people. So if you're already in that niche and you're not doing well after a period of time, um, then it's a matter of reevaluating your approach. A lot of times when you go um, into those niches, uh, and I'll cover this in a moment, when you go into the more profitable niches, yes, it's more profitable, but it's also more competitive. So there's a different, there's a, there's a balance there. So if someone's in a niche and after a, a year or two, they haven't made much money, they have to go, is there actually potential in this niche? And if the answer is no, but you like doing it, well, keep doing it, but just don't expect to make much money from it. Do it because you enjoy it. And if you're, if you're looking to make income, you'll want to go into something where there's income potential. Now, if someone, let's say like me, they have a, uh, a fitness blog. Well, there's thousands of other people out there with that, and they might not be doing as well simply because it's very competitive. Now, the suggestion for that is, I would keep going at it because like anything else, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take quite a bit of time to build up your name, especially in the very competitive uh, niches. So the thing to consider there is how am I going to make myself stand apart? What makes me unique? What is unique about my blog or my content? Is it my personality that I inject? Um, and you can study the top, the top bloggers in that niche and ask yourself, why is it that they are are popular? You know, something about their personality, something about the way they present the information. There's a lot of different ways you can go about making your content unique, um, and that's the you know that that goes beyond niche selection. So I, I won't get into that too much, but that would be the question um, for that. Now, a very simple tip that I have is getting more specific within a niche. So. Let's take losing weight, uh, for instance. Uh, if I just wrote a blog, weight loss tips, that's going to be highly competitive. But one of my the angles that I take with my books and my blogging is I focus on weight loss motivation. I focus on the psychology. I focus on how to make it easy whenever a person is very busy. So I focus on more of the mental barriers. And so what I've done is I've made it a more select uh, niche. It's not just mm -hmm. weight loss, it's weight loss motivation. So that's how you can go into some of these more competitive niches, but you have your own little area that you're targeting. 
Um, and so even looking at my Kindle book, um, Kindle Bestseller Secrets, mm -hmm. I made that specifically actually for nonfiction authors. Now, fiction authors will still get a lot of benefit out of it, but I wanted to target nonfiction authors because that's more specific, and therefore people that go uh, and look at that, they say, I'm a nonfiction author, this is more along the lines of what I need because they know it's custom tailored to their specific needs. So whenever you choose a very big niche, uh, you want to try to think how can I narrow it down uh, to a certain audience that there's still a lot of demand for it, but I'm not competing against quite as many people. Wow, so wow, this is great. So after choosing a, a profitable niche, even there's a lot more need to be done even in that particular area. You mentioned how you're going to present even yourself, whether it's your brand and how you present the information and also focus on and even a sub niche in that area where people can still find you or locate you, which still can make you money. Yeah, exactly. So uh, especially as a person first gets into it, you know, finding these, these sub niches and it's as much a, an art as it is a science. I mean, there's there's software programs and there's steps that you can take, but I think for myself and many people, it's something that um, you might start out not knowing exactly what your sub-niche is going to be, and as you write, as you see what resonates with people and the kind of people that you naturally attract, you might start to get more focused. Uh, so, for instance, when I started Excuse Proof Fitness, um, I didn't. I knew motivation was going to be an aspect of it and a big aspect, but I got more and more focused on that particular aspect as I saw that's what people resonated with. So, um, one just general tip uh, with blogging is, um, or writing or anything, is see it as a gradual process of experiment, finding your own voice, finding your own place amongst everything and that's really it's a process thing it's not something um, you know there's ways to maybe speed up the process but it's very difficult to just go and tell each individual person uh, this is exactly what you should focus on we have to find it for ourselves so it's, it's a good tip right you've given us most people enter into maybe publishing or writing and, and want to make quick money right away but like you mentioned it's a process a gradual thing and sometimes it will take some time for you to really even find your true voice to even uh, monetize the whole thing so the advice is not to really for us to give up when you start with one or two things which when you're not succeeding at it and you need to yeah, give 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 yourself some time in those niches even to find a specific branch or sub niche that can cause your product to sell or your book to really sell time is really things in niche marketing now having having identified our niche uh, uh, writing in that area and crafted even a sub niche onto that. How do we then promote it? How do we then market uh, our niche or our product, our blog, our book in that area? What are the tips in those areas to, to get ourselves noticed in this noisy blogging and book e-publishing industry? Well, I think the first uh, disclaimer, caveat thing to point out is a lot of times I see people focusing on how can I market uh, let's just say my book, you know, it's true whether it's a blog or anything else. Uh, well, with something like a book, um, just I want to be a little specific to books here. Okay. The cover, the title, the description, these things have more to do with how well a book's going to sell than 
all the different promotional methods because once you get it in front of people, that's what they're going to judge it by. Uh, now the same thing could be said for a blog to a lesser extent, but it's it's somewhat true. If a person goes to a blog and it doesn't look at least somewhat professional, then you're, you know, potentially sabotaging the results that you could get if you're competing against people that do have more professional looking blogs, or if it's not organized in a way that's user friendly. Um, so a lot of these things about the product itself, and of course having great content, whether that's great blog content or a great book, because what tends to happen, whether it's through Amazon or through blogging, your biggest asset is word of mouth and relationships more than, you know, uh, all the other, I mean, you know, paid advertisement, uh, Google SEO, all those things can help market your book or your blog, but having something that's so great that people will naturally share it and be like uh, excited by it, that's really the first step. So, um, 80% you know, percent of the effort, if a person comes to me, for instance, with a book that's not selling well, um, 80 to 90% of the time, it's not about their marketing efforts in terms of what they're doing, um, and like, you know, getting the word out there or getting emails out or building up their list or doing anything like that. It's because the product isn't presented well enough or it's, mm. it's, it's not, um, that great. So, uh, just try to think in terms of, uh, you know, making sure it's, it stands on its own. And then once you have that, the greatest thing, whether it was in blogging or book publishing, the greatest asset was the relationships that I formed with other people in my niche. So a very key point here is to the, I don't see um, myself as ever having competitors. I see myself as having a lot of companions. So wow. it's other fitness bloggers, for instance, that helped me. First of all, helped me when I had questions. There's a guy, um, JC Dean at jcdfitness.com, who very early on in my blogging, he had already had a, a somewhat established blog. By reaching out to him and connecting with him, he would give me tips and advice when I had questions. I would share some of his articles. I wouldn't necessarily ask for anything in return. I shared them with my very small readership at the time uh, just because I, I believed in it. And by supporting other people and connecting with other people, once it came time to promote my books or my blog posts, I would let them know about it. And, of course, they would share it with their readers. All right, so if I could go back and start all over again, um, I would be focusing on, on developing as many relationships with other uh, bloggers and authors as possible. And I've done, I've had people approach me after I was a little more established who were, they were just getting started with their blog. And I was happy to write a guest post on their blog or, you know, write a guest post on their blog and then mail to my readers. So now all of a sudden many of my readers become their readers. Right. So, uh, that, uh, there's so many different ways I could talk about marketing and, and things like that. But in terms of what I consider to be the most essential, uh, business practice is to really focus on those relationships. And, and another tip in terms of mm -hmm. developing those relationships is not approaching people with the attitude of, Hey, help me out. Hey, do this <laughs> for me. It's, uh, it's more like, Hey, how can I help you? I'm just getting started. I'd love to contribute. You know, if you dig this and you want to share it with your readers, um, that's great. But it's always about them. It's about providing value for them or providing value for their readers. It's not like, oh, you need to you need to help me out and do something for me because that's going to 
turn people off. So a lot of it's about how you approach people. And if you just naturally have a, a giving, a serving attitude, uh, I think you'll, you'll find just like in real life networking, uh, that you'll, you'll develop these relationships and maybe 10 people that you approach, only one of them's actually going to, uh, bother to, to help you out or whatever. But that's fine because you always just keep approaching people. And, uh, sometimes it only takes one key relationship to really explode your business. Most of the things you've mentioned are things that really help in general, especially even building your brand and building your book that to develop a lot of traction for your work. Uh, you mentioned build solid relationship with people and you don't go out of the aim to get, but to, to really to give or offer value to them. Having been receiving your newsletters and, and posts and even attending some of your webinars all these years, your number one thing is to keep providing value to people and i must say i was was grateful that when i shoot you an email to have you share your expertise on this you gladly obliged and willing to share with me that continually offering value to people then when you need even their help they'll be willing to help provide for you and in this age you mentioned also one key thing that spread a lot of products or book is word of mouth relationship with people they can then become your audience, your platform, or launch pad to help you shoot to the next level. So at this point, given us, and what are some of the key things as we go through this again to, for a beginning blogger, an author, I want to go into a book, I know my why, I'm picking my niche. What are some of the few guidelines to help me so that in the next few six or a year's time, I can be more established? What are some of the tips or tricks you've used in times past or still do use to help you leverage on your brand and your books to help them sell aside marketing direct? Yeah, so this is where it gets into a little bit more uh, detail. Uh, I market mostly on Amazon. Of course, this applies regardless of uh, whether you're writing a book specifically for Amazon or for any book retailer, but Amazon is the biggest uh, book seller. So my research starts on Amazon. And what I do is I'm going to browse the other best-selling books in whatever particular category. So if you've chosen your niche, it's just a matter of going into that category. Uh, let's say I've chosen to be um, in the, uh, the getting organized or decluttering niche, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the, I'm looking at getting, actually I'll say this, getting organized. That's the number two year New Year's resolution. So I say, that's interesting. I wonder if there's some potential there for book sales or not. So I'd go on Amazon and I'd start to browse books related to that. I might search for get organized or getting organized or organization books or whatever. And as I browse through Amazon, I want to look at the bestseller categories and sort by rank. And uh, this is where this is where my not to plug my book, but it's, it's easier when you have the visual in my book mm-hmm. um, to to understand this. But if you can conceptualize this as you view an Amazon book listing, you can see its sales rank. Now, if I see a sales rank that's twenty or thirty thousand or less, and remembering that a lower sales rank means it's doing better, then I know that's a popular book. And I'll just let your listeners know if I go on Amazon and I search for declutter, you know, organizing, getting rid of clutter, I'm going to see a lot of books that are selling very well, uh, that are selling below the 20 sales rank. What that says to me is if I write a book on that topic, it's at least got potential to sell well. 
Um, if I look on Amazon for using your early example, uh, kangaroo books, um, then I'm probably not going to see too many books that are selling too well. Uh, so that would be an indication to me. Not a lot of people are buying that type of book. So the great thing about Amazon is once you understand how to do the research on it, you can just sit there and look at what are the books that are selling well, what are the books that aren't selling well. Now, I can do this in my fitness niche too, which is what I did. And I can see that um, certain fitness books tend to sell better than other fitness books. And which ones don't sell well are the, are the ones that are generally very generic. Um, they look, they have a bad looking cover. They're just, there's nothing unique about them. So I knew if I do a fitness book, I have to make it unique. And this is true for any book. Uh, it's got to have some sort of hook, have a great looking cover, so on and so forth. So spending a lot of time on Amazon on either looking at bestsellers in general or looking at bestsellers in your niche, uh, there's nothing better uh, than just going through that experiential learning process of actually seeing the books that are selling well and then comparing them to some of the books that aren't selling well. And you'll just, you'll pick up naturally through that process like I did kind of what it takes to find uh, the books that are, are going to do or are more likely to do better. Any other tip of that, selecting that? Well, the next thing, um, as you go through these books, before I write the book, I tend to think about the, the, uh, the title of the book. Now, the title of your book is going to be the most, you know, one of the most important things in addition to the cover. It's also obviously going to help you format and organize uh, the book. So the reason why my book, uh, one of the reasons why my book, 50 Fitness Tips You Wish You Knew, uh, did so well is not for the first part of the title, the 50 Fitness Tips, but for the second part, You Wish You Knew. Uh, that's what's called a hook. And a hook is something that engages a person to debase them. And I give more details once again in my, in my book on, on how to do this, but a simple tip, if you... You know, you can, anyone can go to a store, look at some of the magazines that are related to your topic, and look at some of the headlines on those magazines. Uh, and a lot of times those headlines are written in a way that A, actually make pretty good book titles. You might want to change it around a little bit, but you can, uh, you can get it pretty close. And B, if you think about it, these headlines are designed to sell that magazine. It's going to make up something similar to something I saw at one point. It's like, um, you know, flat belly forever or, you know, flat belly um, for life. I don't know what it said. And then, you know, uh, how to finally get a flat stomach and whatever. So that was like magazine headline. And mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, that would make a good book title, flat belly forever um, or 30 days to a flat stomach or 30 days to abs, whatever it is. So that was just looking at a fitness magazine um, as I was going through the checkout line. So once you have an idea of what kind of book you want to write, looking at magazine headlines um, is one way to kind of trigger those good titles. And another tip, of course, is just looking at the other titles that are selling well. I don't believe in ripping something off. Uh, you know, don't just blatantly copy it, <laughs> but... Take the principle behind it. Ask yourself, did that title captivate me? Did it grab my attention? And if so, what was it about that title that grabbed my attention? Um, I'll give an example. Uh, one of my books, I was really trying to think of the title. 
And uh, I came up with Why You're Stuck. That's the title of the book. Now, a lot of people might have gone with the approach of titling a book, Get Unstuck, or mm-hmm. How to Get Unstuck, or something like that. But my attitude is there's so many other books out there that kind of follow that format. I want to do something that's going to be a little bit more attention-grabbing. So Why You're Stuck. I'm actually telling people you're stuck. And, and so it kind of, even if a person doesn't necessarily feel like they're stuck, that title and be like, huh, that's interesting. And they're at least going to click on it and check it out. Um, so that's, that's a, uh, an art of copyright, uh, that you can, you can study, but there's many great resources out there on the internet or even once again, just browsing magazines to look at these compelling headlines, these compelling titles, and then ask yourself, how can I maybe switch that around a little bit and apply that to whatever, um, I'm writing about. We want to know at this moment that how can one connect with you, especially for your courses that you do offer? Where can you get access to some of these courses to learn more about these processes and these ideals that we can also apply? My website is ebookbestsellersecrets.com. And once you get there, there's a a free marketing guide right there on the homepage that people can opt into. It's um, it's called Kindle Rockstar Marketing, uh, but it really applies even if you're doing blogging a lot of the in there and I go into more details about what we talked about earlier with those relationships um, you can also find a link to my course on the website and you can find a link to my book by going to ebookbestsellersecrets.com forward slash book uh, so that's e-b-o-o-k b-e-s-t-s-e-l-l-e-r s-e-c-r-e-t-s ebookbestsellersecrets.com Okay, Derek, if you had to recommend two books to us, what would they be? Uh, besides my own book, of course, uh, the books that helped me out a lot when I got started was um, The Kindle Publishing Bible by Tom Corson Knowles, which you can find on uh, Kindle. That's a, a really uh, great guide. And um, another author with a great book is John Ty. He has a book called Crush It with Kindle. Um, and then I'll just throw out a third author. Uh, his name is Steve Scott, and he's just got a lot of books, actually, on uh, even a book on selecting niche where he goes into more detail, uh, some Kindle marketing books and some blogging books in general. And uh, he's a he's someone that I've learned a lot from, and he would be a great resource for your readers. Uh, and, of course, I don't have any – I don't get anything out of recommending him. I just uh, – or any of these people, I just – I really like their work and found it to be very helpful. Amazing. Thank you so much, Derek. And I'll always ask, and as we end, what is your billion-dollar advice to aspiring authors? Hmm. It's so hard to think, but I would say um, this is something actually Tom Corson Knowles was talking about. And as I, as I look back, outside of all this practical stuff about you know how you choose a niche and how you market and things like that, I really look at what actually inspires me and gets me to do this. And so there's a whole thing in the personal development world about um, finding your why. You know, understand why you're doing what you're doing. And if it was ever just about the money for me, I don't think I would have been successful. I had to get clear on my passion uh, serving other people, making a difference in other people's lives. Because there's going to be a lot of challenges that you go through uh, regardless of what kind of business you're in. But when you get an email testimonial from someone telling you that something that you've done 
has helped change their life or they're improving their life because of um, the work that you've done, you know, that really makes it worth it to me. So I say get really focused right now on why you're doing it. Uh, you might even imagine if I only had 30 days left to live, what would I do? What would I want to contribute to the world? And uh, when you find something that gives you that much passion, then you'll have that strength that you need whenever you do face the obstacles to keep going no matter what. Uh, thank you so much, Derek, for this information you've really shared with listeners all over the world and for your insights and health, fitness, and also publishing and selecting a niche. And thank you for this. I'll keep all this information in the show notes for uh, listeners also to learn from your expertise to and to contact you. Right, this has been the Self-Help Podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive and my special guest, Derek Dupka. He is a best-selling author, number one best-selling author in the health and fitness section. And he is great guy. You can find his links on ebookbestsellersecret.com to get more of what he does and what he has for you.